You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. This is the mandatory Samson podcast coming to you live from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. Hi, everyone. My name is Chris Flannery. I'm joined, as always, by my great and good friend, my co-host, Andrew Genelosi. Hey, bud. Uh, welcome to the program, everybody. We have a great show lined up today. Um, before we get into any of the stories that we're going to cover, which we have some really good ones, we have possibly the... Uh, uh, we uh, we a little technical difficulty. We have our own audio playing in the background. Andy's taking care of it right now. Uh, before we get into any of the stories that we have to cover, and we have a couple of really good ones, maybe my favorite story that we're going to cover uh, ever on the show. we got some great quotes. Um, I'd like to mention that we have something really cool that happened this week we were me and andy were at the studio and uh we happened to notice that the stamp stampede which if you guys remember we talked about pr- maybe like two months ago on the show yeah like six weeks um they tweeted out a link to one of our episodes the episode that we talked about it was msp 227 27 dick hammer on hillary clinton yeah. uh, which was a good episode yeah. um in which we discussed the stamp stampede and the get money out movement which as you all know, is a, is a recurring theme of this show that we're very uh, into the idea of getting money out of politics. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was really cool. We were excited about that. Andy posted a picture of the retweet on his Instagram. Mm-hmm. And when he posted that, he tagged the Stamp Stampede's account. They got in touch with Andy, said, we're, the show is great. We love you guys. And if you want to talk to our campaign manager, please email Virginia at Stamp Stampede. So we were like, great, of let's course. do that. And so very exciting at the top of the show here, we actually did get in touch with the uh, Stamp Stampede campaign manager, Edward Erickson, and he is on the phone with us right now. Uh, Edward, are you there? Hey, everybody. Hey, man. How's it going? Hey, good. How are you? Good, good. We're really excited to have you on today. Um, we're, we're really behind your, uh, your cause, and we're happy to have you. Thanks. You know, this is really, it's going to take everybody getting behind this cause to be able to get real change uh, in Washington. So thanks for the support. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, Just right off the top, I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but do you know if any of your social media people, I mean, did they listen to our podcast? Are they a fan of the podcast? Because I'm just going to warn you, they might be crazy then if they're really into the show, but... uh, it's true. We have some fans of your podcast uh, in the office right now. So oh, they're really awesome. excited that we're doing this. That is unbelievable, and uh, we're, that's really exciting. So thank you very much for uh, for saying that. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, let me ask you this. how Maybe you can tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved in the Stamp Stampede thing, and um, you know, just kind of tell us a little bit about that. Sure. My my background, I was teaching political science at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Um, I uh, connected with Ben uh, through some colleagues, and uh, I met with him in 2012 when he was trying to organize some bird-dogging efforts in the presidential campaign. So he was really interested in getting the presidential candidates to go on record in support of a constitutional amendment to overturn Citizens United and Buckley versus Vallejo and some of these horrendous Supreme Court decisions that said money is free speech and corporations are people. So in 2012, uh, 
you know, Barack Obama was the only guy who went on record uh, saying that he would support a constitutional amendment, and he, he said that on Reddit. Uh, after that, you know, we went full-fledged into the stampede and started recruiting grassroots members to go out there and, and really, you know, this is guerrilla marketing, push the message everywhere, um, and uh, create a lot of noise, create what Ben calls a petition on steroids. Right. <laughs> and uh, we're... we're seeing some success now. I mean, uh, where we are today, we've got five candidates who've now gone on record, got five presidential candidates on record in support of the constitutional amendment. We've got 12 candidates on record in support of various reforms to help uh, the problem of corruption in Washington. Um, and we have 155 members of Congress who have co-sponsored the Democracy for All Amendment that would effectively overturn Citizens United. Um, so we're making progress, and it has a lot to do with the grassroots momentum and folks like you on the podcast and folks all over the country who are mad as hell. Yeah, and right, and rightfully so. And that's the thing that we talk about on the show all the time Absolutely. is that – to really have a true democracy, you can't have very extremely wealthy interests drowning out the voice of a- average people, which is what really attracted us to this idea to begin with. I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, let me ask you this. Have you received, as this is growing, as this is getting, because I think on the website it says that there's 15 states that have um, uh, approved that they would go for a constitutional amendment. Um, have you gotten any pushback from other wealthy corporations, from other lobbyists, from any other groups that have have uh, kind of like gotten upset about this uh, this campaign? Yeah, there, there are a handful of uh, staunchly conservative activists that are opposed to this campaign. You know, numero uno is Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz. Um, who's opposed to the amendment and the Heritage, Heritage Foundation yep. um, has showed some opposition. But incidentally, you know, Tea Party, everyday Republicans, we've got a lot of bipartisan support there. So it's really the fringe um, conservative, uh, conservative fringe that has shown some opposition. Right. And that's interesting because you're saying the fringe has shown opposition, but I think a lot of people possibly would consider the Tea Party to be fringe, yet they're involved in something like this, which I think um, shows you that maybe the gridlock in Washington isn't as real as people want to make it seem. If you put out good ideas like this, you can actually get support from both sides of the aisle. Shows progress. Yeah. Um, Andy, do you have a question about this? Uh, oh, yeah. I just wanted to ask you, um, do you have any sort of metric on tracking whether, you know, like where these bills go and if they are spent on campaigns and stuff like that? <laughs> uh, well, you know, no cash is spent on campaigns. Sure. You know, only checks are spent in, in campaigns. Yep. In, incidentally, in uh, 2014, Carl Levin, senator from Michigan, resigned. And uh, Peter Land, the guy who took his seat uh, at his inauguration party, Carl Levin gave him a $10 bill that was stamped not to be used for bribing politicians that he <laughs> changed. And so politicians are, are getting these bills in change. Um, we also have photos with Barack Obama and a bill with Nancy Pelosi, Keith Ellison, um, a number of other members of Congress uh, also a whole slew of you know, celebrities like David Crosby and Moby 
Um, awesome. Uh, J.J. Abrams, you know, he's working on the new Star Wars movie. He's, he's got a stamp um, in his house, and he's a supporter. So we're slowly making inroads among some celebrities. It's making waves in Washington. Uh, we've got over 50,000 people across the country stamping right now. Um, collectively, they're generating millions of impressions. And so the visibility is increasing and we're amping up towards the 2016 election. We really want to make this the number one issue. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I mean, I think it's, a, again, like it's a it's a very worthy cause. And I yeah. think, you know, I think another, like you mentioned, maybe fringe conservatives or people in the Tea Party do get involved in things like this. Um, it's important, I think, because the idea is out there where people are trying to be strict constitutionalists, that this thing is set in stone and we can't amend it. But but that's not the case. There are procedures to amend the Constitution. And I think this is uh, up there with probably the most important thing that we could do to amend the Constitution if we were going to do something like that. And that's the thing to remember. Almost every single generation for the last 200 years has amended the Constitution once. And at least six of the amendments were to undo bad Supreme Court decisions. And so there's nothing in the Constitution that says money is free speech, and there's nothing in the Constitution that says corporations are people. Those are interpretations of the Constitution, and it is absolutely within historical precedence to uh, amend the Constitution. Some people would say it's to restore the Constitution to its original intent um, and to protect American democracy. Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, I think that's a, that's a great point, and I think that that's... Um... It's great that this campaign is addressing things like that. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask you this question. Do you, uh, obviously Ben Cohen of Ben and Jerry's is involved. This is his, uh, he kind of spearheaded this thing. Do you get any kind of special ice cream? Do you get paid in ice cream? Uh, well, what's going on over there? <laughs> well, uh, ben, ben is a member of the Free Ice Cream for Life Club. Oh, wow. Uh, and so there's a lot of free ice cream that goes around. Oh. Uh, right now we're doing a bumper sticker campaign in New Hampshire. You know, if you put a bumper sticker on your car uh, or if you see a bumper sticker and you send us a photo, we'll send you a free pint of ice cream. Um, we do photo contests where we give away ice cream. Uh, you know, we're getting ready to do a big Fourth of July event where we'll have free scoops there. And you know, pretty much everywhere Ben goes, ice cream follows. So uh, he's a good guy to hang out with. Right. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, thank you, sir, for joining us. We really appreciate this. It's very cool for us to um, – and actually, you're our first uh, phone interview guest on the program. So it's That's very true. cool. You, you, you should feel honored by that. And we're honored <laughs> to have you. Um, why don't you tell our listeners uh, where they should go to get involved, what they can do, and uh, you know anything else that you want to promote while you're uh, on the phone with us? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, go to www.stampstampede.org to learn more about the campaign. You can get a stamp there. Uh, we sell them for $10 a pop, which covers our cost. Um, it's a nonprofit. We don't make any money off the stamps. We're just trying to get them out there. So uh, stampstampede.org and learn more about the movement and get involved. That's perfect. Uh, Edward Erickson, the campaign manager for Stamps MP, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, let us know if you guys are doing anything. We can uh, promote it on this show. We'd be happy to do it. Absolutely. Cool. Thank you. And talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Uh, well, how about that, Andrew? What do you think? That was awesome, man. I'm really, I'm really happy with that program. I, it's really exciting. It's all about. I mean, we're all about that idea on the show of getting money out of politics and 
giving the voice back to the people rather than corporations and, you know, extremely wealthy individuals. So I don't know. I couldn't have been happier with it. No, me neither. It was very cool. And, you know, we were talking about it this week. Like, um, it just, it, it's really, really cool that we got, um, cause you know, we love doing the show. We love all the support we get to get a response from a, a group that we admire. Yeah. Uh, to say that they actually listen to the show, people in the office, which is just uh, amazing to yeah. us. Uh, it's just really, really cool. So we, we really appreciate um, Edward Erickson for joining us and the Stamp Stampede for everything they're doing. So thank you very much. Yeah. Um, all right, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, we have a really good show lined up. As I mentioned, there's a story later on that involves the California drought that has some phenomenal quotes in it a name that I haven't even told Andy about yet that is terrific <laughs> uh, that I'm really excited to get into later in the show. Uh, and, and so stick around for that because it's it's maybe one of my favorite things we ever talk about in the show. Um, I also have some really good sound clips and I have some updates on some stuff. And the first thing that I wanted to talk about in the way of an update is the uh, TPP. Uh, last Friday, the House Democrats and conservative Republicans voted down what is called TAA legislation which included TPA language. They were trying to pass these two things together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, went, it was defeated 302 to 126. Um, the interesting thing about it is that Barack Obama was on Capitol Hill pleading for passage of this thing, the yep. TAA. It didn't happen. Basically what the TAA is, it provides government aid to workers who lost their jobs due to free trade agreements, which, yeah, you're laughing because it's yeah, ridiculous. Like, they're trying to gang a good thing with a really bad thing, the yep. TPA, which is the fast track um, authority that would be given to President Obama, which we've talked about on the show. Um, all right, so that failed. But then the House passed the TPA minus the TAA bill. It passed 219 to 211. Both Now, at this point, both chambers of Congress have passed a TPA bill, but they're different bills. So they'd have to like convene and, and uh, work out an, a compromise bill, basically, to pass it. Um, there was a TAA revote today, and the House passed it uh, two eighteen to two hundred eight. The TP, the TPA, excuse mm-hmm. me, the fast track. So the Senate wanted it alongside the TAA, but it's not the case. It's it's a separate thing. But they so now fast track authority has passed through both uh, bodies of Congress. So the TPA is going to happen. The fast track bill, which is bad, which leads us to the TPP, um, and that's a real problem. I have some quotes. Listen to this guy. This is, I just we'll move on from this in a second, but I just want to read this quote. This guy, David Schweikert, who's a Republican from Arizona, no way, referring to TPA opponents as Nazi propagandists on the floor of the house. He goes, Goebbels would be proud of them. Oh, that's wonderful. Like, what are you? What are you doing, man? Like, Goebbels and Garrick. Yeah, he brings that into it. Right. Yes. The, yes. People that don't want a uh, job shipped overseas and all this free trade stuff are Nazis. Yeah. Oh my God. All right. Do you have another quote? No, that's it. No, that's it. We just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the idea of the people who passed this. Just yeah, yeah. just, just to throw that into the mix. Yeah, we're just going to mention Goebbels. It's yeah, we're, we're just going to put that out there and compare this to na- to Nazis, which is obviously the same thing. Yeah, well, of course. And the uh, the crazy thing is he's going, people that are opponents of the TPA are Nazi propagandists. So Elizabeth Warren is a Nazi propagandist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Bernie Sanders, a number of, uh, Sherrod Brown, a number of these people are, are Nazi propagandists. Sure. They're, they're just making it up. 
why would a bipartisan group like we were just talking about with Edward, why would a bipartisan group of Republicans, Democrats who typically don't get along on anything? Yep. Why would they be against this? Because it must really be a problem if they're willing to set aside politics to say that it's a problem. Yeah. I mean, but no, that's propaganda. Sure. Uh, all right. So that's just an update on that. Again, the TPA has now passed. Uh, it's not been signed into law yet, but once it does, then this really expedites the ability to put through the um, the uh, TPP and all that stuff. Again, the TPA is just yes or no votes. There's no amendments. There's no nothing. Nope. It's straight up and down. This passes or it doesn't. So wonderful. We're uh, we're heading towards it. And look, no, this is what we talk about because I think we've been chastised a couple times on this, uh, you know, through emails and stuff where it's like we're negative and we don't think anything can change. Oh, yeah. It's not true. Things can change. But a lot of this stuff is kind of set in stone. Like this TPP, you knew it was going to pass eventually. Yeah, it's just kind of it's that feeling of it's out of our hands. There's really yeah. there's nothing we can do about it. And that's and that's and I get why people email us and say, you know, you guys are kind of down on things but we're just trying to look at the reality of the situation of course we believe change can happen but there there needs to be things in place like this movement to to make those changes it's not just going to happen by all of us hoping no of course it is you're right Uh, and then that's the other thing like even congress people don't get like we read a couple of weeks ago that they don't even get to take notes on the bill they don't get a copy of the bill like so that's what we're talking about when we mean like, yes, yeah, some of this shit is inevitable and, and it seems like this TPP thing is going to uh, it's going to go through. So yeah. we'll keep our eye on that on that. That's a little update. Um, all right. So this is a story I'm really uh, interested in talking about. It involves Edward Snowden. The Sunday Times, which is a British newspaper uh, owned by Rupert Murdoch, incidentally. Oh, hey. Uh, the paper claims that Russia. Oh, you know what? I- I'm sorry. Before we even get into any of this stuff. What? We wanted to mention last night as I was preparing for the show, oh, we were both uh, doing research, obviously, the South Carolina uh, shooting, which is uh, Hor- horrible. Horrific. Um, and you just wanted to bring it up and make mention to it because- it happened last night, so there's not a ton of information. We know that they arrested the shooter, this Dylan Roof. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, there's going to be a week's worth of information coming out, and we're probably going to get into it more next week. But. Yeah, I'm sure we, oh, we definitely will, but I just wanted to bring it up, obviously, because it's huge yeah, news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a horrible that somebody would walk into, and I'm not, a, and like, don't get it the wrong way. I'm not a particularly religious person, but somebody to walk into a house of worship basically where people are in a prayer circle yeah and just start shooting randomly is, well and I, he was there for an hour an hour said, which yeah is like, he Jesus sat Christ. down so he had an hour to sit there and make his decision how how much of a sociopath do you have to be because my only thought is okay if you have this in your head if you're like a a, a racist or whatever and you're like you're building yourself up in your car or however these things go i i don't know but you're like all right i'm just gonna go in i'm gonna do this this is it he sat down and and observed these people for an hour and sat with them and like that like saw like that's humanity like seeing other people like how i don't know it's just very very troubling to me obviously whenever any of these things happen it's horrible but it's just to sit there and be with other people watching them pray and then stand up saying i'm here to kill black people and then and then shoot nine people yeah. is uh, is on un- 
I don't, I don't know. It's, no, I know. And some of the stuff I read, uh, like quotes, is that, you know, you got to be filled with hate to do some of this. You're right. You also have to be crazy, which is definitely part of the situation, which is what we were talking about a little bit before we started the show. Yeah. And on top of that, let's call it what it is. It is domestic terrorism. It is, it is a white guy is. going into a, a church of innocent people a, his, not, a historically black church well and that's the other thing the which we can get into next week but there there's uh, you know a deep history rooted in um slave revolts and things like that in this church it, it's got a deep history in, in this country so this guy knows what he's doing uh yeah but he's a domestic terrorist that's what it is and let's call it that because i think that um you know people are like well we don't call it when white people do it or we don't say this or that no it is he is a domestic terrorist he's a, a lunatic it doesn't excuse him he's obviously crazy and yeah he's got or he's not or he just is truly filled with hate he's a, he's um you know a real despicable person you know i don't i don't know i don't know if i can believe that because at um i'm 25 how old are you you're 29 yeah, 47 yeah 47 yeah. at 21 I I couldn't make a decision like that. I couldn't be, I mean, to be that, like, I, I think it's, I don't think it's the hate. I think it's influence. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, maybe. Like, what do you, th- what do you mean? Like, what do you think? Like, I don't from? think he was that filled with hate to go shoot nine people. I think he saw it as like, like, obviously something influenced him to be like, this is a, a, a good thing to do, or this is something I should do. Right, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. I don't think a 21-year-old kid can be that filled with hatred. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean right. maybe we'll get more facts. Uh, as you said, we'll get more facts on his family. We know the one thing that came out was his dad recently gave him the weapon they suspected he used, which was a forty five caliber handgun for his 21st birthday. Right. So, I don't know. We'll find out about his parents, about his background, I'm sure. I don't know if... You know they haven't gotten quotes or anything from them, so no, no yeah, because it's too fresh. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I will say this: looking at the picture, I saw a picture of him. He yeah. does have that fucking crazy look to him. He like has that, that James Holmes look. Yeah, James Holmes, the other one that shot up um, the school, I Virginia can't think Tech. Of, no, not Virginia Tech. The most recent with like the young kids. I can't think of his name. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, um, uh, I, I don't know why. Newtown. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, but in any event, right? But that—that's the look that this guy has. Where you're like that yeah. blank. Yeah. stare yeah and i'm sure we'll get more pictures because i'm sure the kid had a facebook i'm sure oh, he had a twitter always, account yeah, like course. i'm like we'll figure it out i mean james holmes had like a j-date profile or whatever like <laughs> could you be the, not to make light of it could you imagine being a person that's like swipe like oh yeah i'll go on a date with this fucking yeah. lunatic like you, you've got issues then, no he had a picture of a chick from a dating site with him oh my god yeah Anyway, but so, yeah, so that's a real tragic situation there. Um, it's horrible. Yeah, so we're, we're, that's what we're going to mention about it today. Obviously, it just happened overnight, and we'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll obviously probably going to have more on that next week. I'm just glad they caught him, and they caught him just yeah. to, so everybody knows, they caught him in North Carolina because, thank God, the church had cameras, so they had a description of him, obviously. They had a description of his vehicle, and they had his license tag. They um, arrested him like 300 miles, or 250 miles away in North Carolina in, in a stop that apparently went without incident, but he did have a yeah, gun was, on him. He was cooperative. They yeah, said. he right. was cooperative, but he did have a gun on him, and apparently one quote I did see was one of uh, one of the people in the church, it was a woman, she was shot, but she survived, and supposedly he said, I'm letting you live so you can tell people what happened. Wow. 
See, like that to me seems like, yeah, obviously you got to be a little like out of your mind to do something like this, but it's like a lot of this shit where he, he um, gets arrested cooperatively. He says shit like that. Like that's a ration. You're thinking rationally. There. Yeah, that's in an irrational. Obviously, it's a relative term, but you know what I mean? Sure. Like, but um, but uh, just my fear is, again, we're going to go to this pushback on guns where it's like, no, don't think about the guns. It's not about that. It's the mental illness in this country. And Chris, you had a statistic about uh, police. How many people were mentally ill? That yeah, they I think killed we talked year? about it last week. Where I think it's uh, of the five hundred people they killed, twenty seven percent were mentally ill, had a mental illness. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, well, figure that out. I disagree with you slightly that it's that it's not has nothing to do with guns. It does a little bit, oh, um, obviously. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it the like proliferation that, that, of guns in this country yeah. is absurd as opposed to other like modern nations. But right, a part a big part of that equation is mental health in this country, and it's not a priority. And, you know, that that obviously is going to play a part in this or this guy is just a hateful little fuck. But, you know, maybe. But like but it's it's sad because the mental health doesn't make money. And that's and that's that's a sad reality of it. And that's why it's overshadowed. Yes. And it's disgusting that something like this can happen. And I I don't know, man, I'm I'm just getting fucking sick of of waking up to news of mass shootings. Yeah. And I. and I don't and I don't want to disarm the country. I'm very pro like people should be able to have guns, but there has to be there can't be like a a like a, a dad buying his son a gun. There's background checks on people and mental health checks on people for a reason. Yeah, 100%. you can't go buy a gun as a present for some for your son who I'm sure there have been issues uh, with in the past. Like I'm sure his parents yeah. were fully aware, not fully aware, but somewhat uh, aware uh, that things were off. You're absolutely right. Right? You think Wednesday was the first day this guy started acting weird or having like ha- hatred towards black people because he made a comment about oh you rape our women or. Something something like he said like i read something and i I'm, yeah don't quote me on that no no, I, no but right it's like you, you think this guy doesn't have any kind of like racial animus or whatever yeah this didn't happen overnight but maybe the parents are like that and that's May- all shit we're gonna find out yeah you know? that's what we will find out and it's just it's very it's very sad it is man i'm yeah. so tired of like i said i'm just so tired of waking up to news like this it's yeah. awful um, all right, so that's what we wanted to say about that. Obviously, we'll get into it more next week. Um, back to this other story. This is something I was really excited to talk about because it's uh, frustrating and it's uh, baffling even that this type of stuff exists. I have two good video clips at the end of what we're about to talk about. But first, let me explain what we're talking about. The Sunday Times, like I said, is a British newspaper owned by Rupert Murdoch, which is just incidental, but I just like to throw it out there. Yep. Uh, the paper claims that Russia and China cracked the encrypted Snowden files while Snowden was in Hong Kong and Moscow. All right. Um, it, okay. So they're just, they're throwing that out there. That's just what, putting it out there. Just you putting understand? it out there. I have a couple of quotes from the article that we can read. Okay. You can tell me why it's hard to like pay attention to what they're saying here for one specific reason. And then I'll, I'll we'll get into that more. But these sure. are a couple of quotes from the article, which by the way is behind a paywall, but I found the article on paste bin, yeah. uh, which is great. So, okay. Shout out to paste bin. Yeah. Word up. Oh, sp- shout out to Polish Seltzer. Thanks for uh, all your n- support. Oh yeah. And uh, to Ethica as always wearing them. Um, I yeah. reached out to them this week and they, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Kyle Fosset. I believe is the way to describe 
or the way to say <laughs> the it. Way to describe <laughs> the that way name. to describe that name. No, uh, he got back to me, and uh, I just asked him. You know, I said I'm a big supporter. I'm not looking for a sponsorship, but like, would you be interested in like be maybe just have an interest in the show? And he got back to me, and um, they're not sponsoring, but he gave me um, a code so I can get a little discount on my gear from now on. So. I'll be able to keep rocking new Ethicas for every show. It's a wonderful little treat. Yeah, it uh, is. It's awesome. All right. So from this uh, this article, um, these are some of the quotes. One senior home office official accused Snowden of having, quote, blood on his hands, although Downing Street said there was, quote, no evidence of anyone being harmed. Wait, what? Say that one more time. Blood on his hands, but there's no evidence of anyone being harmed. So, okay. All right. All right. A senior Downing Street source said, quote, it is the case that Russians and Chinese have information. It has meant agents have had to be moved and that knowledge of how we operate has stopped us getting vital information. There is no evidence of anyone being harmed. All right. Okay. So, nope. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Again. Fair enough. <laughs> sure. The confirmation is the first evidence that Snowden's disclosures have exacted a human toll. Quote, why do you think Snowden ended up in Russia? Said a senior home office source. Putin didn't, didn't give him asylum for nothing. His documents were encrypted, but they weren't completely secure. And we have now seen our agents and assets being targeted. Um, he, Putin didn't give, like, yeah, he got asylum, but the reason why, whatever, we'll get into that in a minute. A U.S. intelligence source said the damage done by Snowden was, quote, far greater than what has been admitted. How? Just, yeah, it's just these vagaries they, don't, they can't prove. Yeah. It is not clear whether Russia and China stole Snowden's data is a line in this article accusing Snowden of like getting information to them uh, or whether he voluntarily handed over his secret documents in order to remain at liberty in Hong Kong and Moscow. Ooh. Um, okay, he wasn't at liberty in Hong Kong. They no, didn't know he was there. No, he Watch was the, not. The documentary Citizen Four is so obvious that he's... Okay. Yeah. Fine. Uh, Glenn Greenwald, who obviously writes for The Intercept, we talk about him all the time, and he was involved in the Snowden reporting. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. the journalist that was involved. Yep. He wrote an article on The Intercept uh, about anonymous sources, which is what I was alluding to in this. One senior home office official, a senior Downing Street source, uh, a U.S. intelligence source. Nobody's on record. These are just things that are being thrown out there all, yeah. willy-nilly by you know any official source in, in the government. So... Who the fuck knows? Like, who knows where these are coming from? They're just saying these things. They contradict themselves. And this is something from the article that is completely inaccurate. This is a complete inaccuracy. The Sunday Times says Snowden, quote, fled to seek protection from Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, after mounting one of the largest leaks in U.S. history. That's not it's not true. He no, fled. he didn't want to go there first. No, he, he wanted to go to Iceland. Or right? Latin America. He or fled Latin from America, Hong yeah. Kong, bound for Latin America, via Moscow and Cuba. The U.S. revoked his passport while he was in the Russian airport, so he just had to stay there. Yeah. How long do you stay there? A couple of months, I think. He was there two, three months. How do you stay in the airport for two or three months? Is it like that movie with Tom Hanks? Yeah, people showed up and like got him blankets and crap and like some books, and he was just fucking hanging out in the airport. Really? Yeah. That. Jesus. Yeah, for months. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, my God. I, I like... It, you hear about that and you're like, oh, okay, but he must have like went to a hotel at some no. point. No, no, he was just in no. the fucking airport. He was just sitting in the airport, like you bitch Sleeping about, on chairs. Yeah, you bitch about about your flight being delayed for a couple of hours. This right. guy's been in the airport for a couple months. Right. He's like, I just want to go to Ecuador. Yeah, <laughs> please let me go to Ecuador. Let me get a hotel room for fuck's <laughs> yeah. sake. Um, so th- I'm okay. just trying to be a good person. Yeah, like I'm trying to help. Um. All right, so that's that's the deal with this article, which was infuriating that they're going to throw out all these accusations yeah. with no 
purpose, like I mentioned. And no backup to it. No, there's no, no backup. It's just all vague. It's Here, all just, this is my opinion. Here's what's interesting. I have a quote, uh, a, a, a clip, rather, of the guy that wrote the article. He was on CNN. Yeah. And he admits something silly. Oh, yeah, this is wonderful. Um, you, Just while I play this, can you just make sure it's it's recording the sure. audio up here? Because we, we are uh, producing this show, just the two of us, baby, and it's going it's, really well. Yeah. Um, all right, so here's the uh, here's the clip of Tom Harper uh, on this on the Sunday Times article. He was on CNN talking about this, and uh, this shit is just fascinating. So let me get to that point, and he's just going to make sure it's recording, and he's going to come sit down real quick. He's the home affairs correspondent for the Sunday Times, who is reporting this story, and Tom joins us now live. Tom, thank you for being with us. Just want to dive a little deeper into the nature of your reporting. You name unnamed sources. How do senior officials at Number 10 Downing Street know that these files were breached? Um, well, I don't know uh, the answer to that, George. All right, so we're a couple seconds into this interview, and he, the guy that wrote the article uh, says he doesn't know uh, how they know, but he reported it anyway. Moving on. Yeah. Um, all we know is that um, this is effectively the official position of the British government. Um, we picked up on it um, a while ago and we've been working on it and trying to stand it up through multiple sources. And when we approached uh, the British... So, but, so what he's saying there is he's working backwards from the government told him. Yep. So now he's going to report on it, but then he's going to try to figure out how they know that. Yeah, no, he's going to report on it first and then go back yeah. and be like, okay, let's well, let's make sure we get all this right. <laughs> right, yeah, all right. Government late last week with our um, evidence, they confirmed effectively what you read today in the Sunday Times. So um, uh, it's it's... Uh, obviously allegations at the moment from our point of view and it's really for the british government to um to defend it do you understand what he's saying there the government said one thing yep we reported on it and then brought it back to them being like is this how you know and they were like yep yeah and now it's on them to defend it like to, fi to figure it out, basically. Yeah, they're the ones yeah. that put it out there, and you're just doing their bit. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I, I do have to ask, though, just in understanding the nature of what's in the files, how do they know what was in them if they were encrypted? Has the British government also gotten into these files? Well, um, I mean, the files came from America um, and the UK, so uh, they may already have known for some time what Snowden took. Um, Again, that's not something that we're clear on, so we don't uh, go into that level of detail in the story. We just publish uh, what we believe to be the position of the British government at the moment. Okay, so basically this investigative journalist, or whatever you want to call him, is basically saying we're just a propaganda arm for the government because they said so, yeah. so we're like, all right. that's So we're just promoting it. Yeah, and it's not our job to vet these facts. In fact, we're just going to go back to the government and be like, is this what happened? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's just make sure everything's cool. So we got it right. Yes? No. No, you didn't get it right. It turns out all of these facts are wrong. That's fine. What, what, a, what, a, what a cherubic little goof that guy is. Yeah. He's just sitting there like... Yeah. It, uh, uh, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, these yeah. facts came from America and the UK, it turns <laughs> out. So, all right. So, um, the garbage about Snowden. Like, yeah. this is what's infuriating. Again, like we talk about all the time. We, I love what Snowden did. I'm very happy that he mm -hmm. did it. Um, it's, again, not Snowden's job to protect 
Snowden didn't even release the documents. He gave them to journalists. They're reported. They're reported on. So anything else that have uh, whatever it, we don't have to get into the whole thing, but it's just silly. We're going to throw out these accusations. Obviously, there's no there's nothing behind them. No, there's no and proof. When we and we go through this. It feels like almost every episode oh, is yeah. like is there's no proof behind what these people are saying. There, it's no. all accusations because they're angry about what happened. Well, and anonymous it's, sources. Yeah, and it's it's clearly like an era. I don't even know if I can say irrational, but probably. It's just they're angry about what happened, yeah. so they're going to accuse him of this, that, and the other. Yeah, and uh, that's the end of it. Absolutely right. I mean, it's obvious why they would react this way. Now, this is another one that I saw this week that I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, Michael Hayden, who's the former NSA head, yep. who's a real fucking spook and a ghoul, this guy. Uh, he uh, <laughs> Check out Mark Norman's Periscope, <laughs> by the way. Oh, yeah, you should check <laughs> that out. Um <laughs> uh, this I have a clip. Uh, it's just like a you know a minute of Michael Hayden, who's been interviewed by uh, I guess the Wall Street Journal, and this is him answering some questions and just talking about the Snowden leaks, the outcome, and uh, it's really telling. And then we can move on to the next thing, which uh, I'm excited to talk about as well. But this is Michael Hayden, the former NSA head, talking about Edward Snowden uh, and the fallout of the leaks. Let's hear it. Damn, that would have been cool if that hit right there. Right? Yeah, that would have been. I was kind of too bad. All right. Here we go. Somebody would come up to me and say, look, Hayden, here's the thing. This Snowden thing is going to be a nightmare for you guys. Look, Hayden. I know he's such a creep. This guy (laughs) is a a thing, man. (laughs) For about two years. And when you get all done with it, what you're going to be required to do is that little 215 program about American telephony metadata. And by the way, you can still have access to it, but you got to go to the court and get access to it from the companies rather than keep it yourself. I go, and this is it after two years? Cool. So the former NSA head is like, yeah, the little joke thing that you did after Snowden released all this crucial information to try to help the American people. He's like, that's all they're going to require us to do, which is what we reported about a couple of weeks ago when 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 this was, you know, when the Patriot Act expired and all that stuff. Again, it's removing a tiny piece of a tumor. Yep. It's not removing the whole tumor and nope. th- and it's confirmed here by a guy who is a retired uh, NSA head, a general, like this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, it's clear that cancer is still growing. Oh, 100%. He's yeah. cool with it. Yeah. Literally cool. He's with it. He, like and just the way he talks is so like fucked up. Oh, he's like, a little piece he, of yeah. He's a dirtbag. He, he's yeah. just ugh. well, that's that's like uh, you'll notice at the end too. I know <laughs> he's showing it size of his penis if you're watching on the yeah, other motion. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because at the end he does like very. It's like su- uber political. Like I'm I'm being charming, but but also behind this charm, I'm just a total scumbag. All right, let's uh, let's continue with this. I, I, I went back a second just so we hear him uh, say that again, and then we'll just finish up the clip and we can move on. Rather than keep it, it's yourself. I go, and this is it after two years? Cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you, I mean. Oh, that landed flat. <laughs> yeah. Just to be clear, I took a selfie with the size of his penis. Oh, very That's good. what I was doing. Oh, I don't have the soundboard today. I would have made Johnny Ernst laugh there, but I just oh, yeah. it's all right. That's okay. Right. Now, this is, this is what's really, uh, this goes along with the article, the, what he's talking about here. Do you think he was actually acting for a foreign government? That's Gerard Baker, the uh, Wall Street Journal editor-in-chief. He's asking about Snowden. Do you think he was working for a foreign government? I, when I, so intelligence officers answer questions like that using inductive reasoning. 
I hope so. We got not, a, not, yeah. not, not information. Well, we not got in, a, not we, intelligence. We got a data, yeah, yeah. and then we're supposed to draw a generalized conclusion from data. And I got no inductive trail that tells me Snowden was was helped. Okay, no data says that Snowden was helped. No. Evidence is what he's saying doesn't exist. Mm? This is what I love about this guy. On the other hand, if I go deductive on you, which is, this is what he did, how do I best explain it? I got my suspicions. But I'm not a deductive guy. I'm an inductive guy by profession. And therefore, I have no evidence. So basically, Uh, yeah. So I have no evidence, but I am just going to put it out there that, you know, based on what happened, he probably did. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you, dude. Yeah, okay. I don't have any evidence that Michael Hayden pooped himself during that interview mm. but if i look at the way he's sitting i can kind of reason it out that he probably did <laughs> yeah and that maybe he does have a small penis I, j- just based on just, what he did with his fingers there he put them he you seems know. like he's used to making that measurement right yeah ha- yes you're yeah, but, right. but again that's just that's just i'm i'm not i'm an inductive person we, we have no proof of that we're yep. working on multiple sources to try to confirm that but we don't have any proof. We, have, we haven't got there yet no we're not there yet uh, very good. All right. So anyway, that's uh, pay attention when you hear people talking about anything with anonymous sources. Oh, yeah, and oh, I'm not, we don't have any proof, but but if, this is what we if think. they say we don't have any proof, but just stop listening. Yeah, to that's, that's it. OK, then you come back to me when you have proof. Right. How about that, that? That's the end of it. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any proof, but no, that's it. No, but drown okay, it out right. at that point. Right. Put a fucking podcast on. Terrific. The Mandatory Stampson Podcast. Yeah. Stamps and Pete. Go check it out. Mandatory Stampson Podcast. Mandatory Stampson. Yeah. Maybe we call it a... I was going to say that it probably should be the title. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this is something I'm really excited about. I think you, you, we were talking about before. I think you had read something about this as yeah. well. The Pope, Pope Francis. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, who seems like a really fucking cool guy. Coming Smart through big guy. time. Yeah. He spoke on climate change uh, today. I have information from like the leaked document, but he gave the speech today. Yeah. Um, a leaked draft, which is now out, of an encyclical uh, says that the Pope will align himself with environmental movement and its objectives. An encyclical, for those of you who are not as religious as we are, uh, is a letter that he sent to the bishops. Basically, it's like a policy paper like saying, like, here's what I think. Yeah. This is how we're going to go about these issues. All right. Um, I have some good videos at the end that we're going to listen to. A Heartland Institute, which is like they fund climate denial and all this stuff, and that D, uh, James Inhofe, the one with the yes. snowball. He's in the video, so oh, yeah. phenomenal. And then I have Jeb Bush talking about it. It's really quick. Um, but anyway, I have some quotes from the Pope. Listen to this guy. This guy, what's fascinating about this, it's not just coming out of a religious point of view, although it is. He attacks people. He goes after people. He goes, and he has policy that this guy's The man's about. calling for revolution. But essentially, he is. Yeah. That is literally the case. Let me read these quotes because I think they're phenomenal, and then we'll get into some of these sound clips, which are uh, possibly even better. Quote, Pope Francis, Humanity is called to take note of the need for changes in lifestyle and changes in methods of production and consumption to combat this warming, or at least the human causes that produce and accentuate it. Numerous scientific studies indicate that the greater part of the global warming in recent decades is due to the great concentration of greenhouse gases given off above all because of human activity. Now, what's fascinating about this is that the... arguably the most religious man on earth yep. is more accepting of science than Senate senators. Yeah. How about that? Uh, it's, it's amazing. I, I don't even know how to like how to comprehend that, to be honest. With Shakespeare you. would be stunned by the iron. He would be. He absolutely <laughs> would be. Uh, 
Quote, in this encyclical, I especially propose to enter into discussions with everyone regarding our common home. I love that phrase, our common home. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. We're all in it together, baby. We're not going anywhere. I was just going to say that. We're all in this together. Like, let's let's just stop fucking each other over. Yeah. Yeah. This is our common home. Yeah. There is no other home. We live on Earth. On Earth. We don't own it. We live on Earth. It's our common home. I love that phrase. I like it. The draft rejects outright carbon credits. And this is even better. This guy goes into the carbon credits yeah, and carbon tax. He's, like, he's, in, he's into it. Yes, he's an not... 80-year-old man <laughs> who's uh, super religious. And he's like, no, carbon tax is silly. Uh, he says they could, quote, give rise to a new form of speculation and would not help to reduce the overall emission of polluting gases. It could help, quote, support the super consumption of certain countries and sectors. Yes. Yeah. He's 100% right. Just because you say, well, to to use X amount of carbon, you owe us a million dollars, corporations have that money, and they're still then just putting the carbon out. It doesn't matter that you put a, put a price on it. There's always going to be money to pay for it. Exactly. That's what, that's, again, this goes back to the underlying theme of everything. There's always going to, if you put a price on something, there's always going to be somebody who can pay for it. Yeah, and the people that are making the money by causing the problem <laughs> yeah. have the money, exactly. obviously. Right. Uh, so I love that. I mean, I, I absolutely yeah. love it that the Pope came out and said this. And terrific. Now, the reason I brought some of these clips, why I find it interesting, is because conservatives and climate change deniers are the base. Uh, they're religious. Yeah, they're, like, they're for the, the most part, yeah. They're very religious. So it's kind of ironic that it's all tied up in that. And watch how quickly these people are willing to just like throw the Pope under the bus. They could give a fuck about what he has to say. Uh, so I'm going to play a quick, this is a, this is from the guardian. They went to a Heartland Institute conference about climate change, which they're against, you know, they don't when was this? It. within the last couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Uh, perfect. And then I just have Jeb Bush because I think it's, you know, because he's out there not? and he's yeah. probably going to run, you know, he's probably going to be the nominee. So we'll listen to him talk about it. But anyway, so this is the clip from the Heartland Institute. I just got to skip ahead to uh, the relevant uh, portion of this thing. Hold on. Way to go, Pope. Yeah, amazing. He's talking to James Inhofe, the snowball uh, moron. Douchebag. Oh, everyone's going to ride the Pope now. You know that? Wonderful. Well, the Pope will stay with his job and let us stay with ours. I think it's he's very ill. <laughs> Meanwhile, that's the guy. We played clips of him quoting scripture. Yes. It's saying, like, climate change is not a problem. Now he's going to tell the Pope, you do your thing. Yeah, well, you, you're using the Pope's goddamn manual. Yeah. <laughs> you're using his guidelines yeah. to be like, no, nah, that's not really what I meant. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Formed and, and, and it's he's ill-judged in, in uh, doing this. I, I don't believe that this is a moral issue. Uh, the, the no, no, the health of the planet is not a moral issue. No, no, no. It's an economic one. Yeah, that's uh, Unfortunately, the, the Pope uh, has been inundated with uh, green advisors. <laughs> the Pope has been lobbied yeah. by, <laughs> by the wacko environmentalists. That's what's happening here, yeah. Except for the fact that he's from Latin America, like, lived amongst the poor his whole life. Like, yeah. he's, he's a true, truly, like, salt-of-the-earth guy. Yes. Uh, rejects consumerism and all this stuff yeah yeah he must be on the take yeah he's from definitely fucking, on what, the green take. piece what are yeah, you talking about because that's his interest yeah obviously and the heartland has to no they, they're not tied up in oil interest or no, anything like that no 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 okay well actually i think the pope's irrelevant on this issue <laughs> my feeling is do you notice everybody they're interviewing is retired by the way oh yeah because they're just now yeah. they're, they're, they're now they're just in it for the green uh, 100%, that's it right like this guy's literally wearing a green coat 
He is. <laughs> Prescott Crocker, bond trader, piece of garbage. All right, here yeah, we go. like this like this guy doesn't have a fucking twenty million dollar home, probably. Of course. Like of course. And we're actually gonna get into again this article yeah. that I was talking about about the drought. We're gonna get into people that maybe have twenty million dollar homes and have some interesting ideas about uh, water restrictions. Yes. All right, let's continue with this real quick. The Catholic Church has been losing its support, losing its congregation. And he's just one more opinion. I think the coat. I think the coat is seriously, terribly misinformed. Again, retired. Yeah, Dennis Bustle, an engineer, retired. He thinks the Pope's uh, ill-informed. Yeah, he's doing a terrible disservice to the entire Catholic theology. He is way, way out of line. Yeah, that motherfucker. How dare he? How dare he bring it up that we're destroying the planet? Right. The place where we all live. Where at the end of the day. If any of us are experienced discomfort at all, we will be outraged. Remember that. Remember that. Just think about that. When your air conditioning doesn't work, you're outraged. Well, think about when there's fucking fireballs flaming down on the earth. Like, think about that. Or when, like, everything goes to shit. What are we going to do? Can you believe that? uh, This is what's fascinating about this to me. It's like we're in a situation where we are like the religious guy. The Pope is the one defending science and the scientists and engineers are the ones essentially being like, it's not a problem. Leave it up to God. Like, what the fuck is going on? It's it's an age of total novelty. It's crazy. It's amazing. I don't even. Yeah, it's amazing. Let's just wrap this up. We got like less than a minute. Here we go. Well, I think it's going to be a big mistake for it. I think that he's going to come up with a document that is going to be ripped to shreds. Uh, and I think it's going to confuse Catholics, ultimately. The Pope is basically being horribly ill-served. Considering the, the Popes in the past have put people to death on the, uh, by incinerating them, what, they did to, what they, to do, uh, the Pope did to Galileo, I, I, I don't subscribe to anything he says at this point. Saying that because other popes did bad shit that this one is is wrong is it's the same argument of like, well, if Obama's doing it, like I, because other presidents did shit, I'm never going to listen to the president again. Yeah, that's it's the same argument. It's same argument. Right. Yeah. So I think if he were to see the science as it is, then he would understand that it's more important to raise people out of poverty and give them that opportunity. He said that it's a defense of the poor. He's yes. Very much in defense of the poor all yeah. the time. All the time. Rather than fighting a mythical global warming crisis, a <laughs> mythical global <laughs> warming crisis. Church and right. state is rapidly vanishing when it comes to climate. You know, it's okay to co-opt religion to advance the climate agenda, and I think that's just going to backfire on him. Amazing. Again, they're saying that they're they're co-opting religion to to uh, you know combat climate change. What about all the other where the line is blurred between church and state? Uh, abortion gay marriage this is a these are fundamental planks of the conservative platform yeah they fund conservative like it's bananas this whole thing it is and skeptics have their work cut out for them to try to overpower the pope's influence yeah but i believe the truth will win out i believe that the truth is on our side all right then they then they you guys this is kind of neat you know, it's the first time in the history of the United States senator, Senate that a senator has thrown a snowball at the presiding officer. <laughs> Hilarious. He was giving a speech in off showing his own clip of throwing the snowball. Like, he went home that day and was like, nailed it. Yeah. 
He's like, so proud of himself. That. His children r- rallied around him at the door like, way to go, Papa. You didn't embarrass us at all today. Yeah, no, you're not an asshole. <laughs> uh, eh, he is. I wish I had my buzzer. Eh, he yeah. is an asshole. Um, all right. This is just Jeb Bush talking about it. I, I want to just play it because obviously he's going to be a, an important player in the yep. coming election cycle. And it is amazing how much more articulate and like smart Jeb Bush comes across. Do you think he's going to win? No. No? I think Hillary's going to win. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to get the nomination probably. Yeah. Oh, I think, I think he definitely win. will. Yeah. All right, so this is Jeb Bush talking about, and then we can move on to, uh, yes, that is my next, the next story, my favorite story of all time. I love, first of all, Pope Francis is an extraordinary leader. He speaks with such clarity. He speaks so differently, and he's drawing people back into the faith, all of which I'm, as a converted Catholic now of 25 years, I think is really cool. He was a Buddhist at first, uh, Jeb Bush, raised Buddhist. No, I'm just. Oh, I I don't get. I, I hope I'm not like uh, going to get uh, castigated for saying this by my um, by my priest back home. But I don't get economic policy from my from my bishops or my cardinals or from my pope. And I get it from Goldman Sachs. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see what he says as it relates to climate change and how that connects to uh, these broader, deeper issues before I pass judgment, but I think religion ought to be about making us better as people and less about uh, things that end up getting into the political realm. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little skeptical about this. That guy in the background, he's just like hiding a smile. He's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. uh, anyway, so that's old Jeb Bush uh, talking about uh, climate change and the Pope. It's interesting, like, that he would draw a distinction between what the Pope said and bettering ourselves. Yeah. What the Pope said is bettering us as, as, a, as a species, as humankind, obviously. If we're being more respectful of uh, lower-income nations, people that are in desperate situations, and the, the, the planet itself. It's obviously, if we can find a way to work our economic system and the way that we do business and have a modern society around being sustainable and environmentally friendly and all that stuff. That's a huge benefit to us. That's, 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 uh, that's good. How could it not be? Of course, because the way we're doing it now is destroying it. So that's the big problem. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So you're ready for this? Cause you're going to be thrilled. California drought is a big deal, obviously related to climate change. And I wanted to say this, I don't look around for stories that kind of fit together. Yeah. I just have the sources. I know where to go to find them. And they all interlock because it's not a made-up narrative. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, climate change is a thing. This is a thing. And the story is phenomenal. So Rancho Santa Fe in Southern California, uh, as of July 1st, will be subject to water rationing for the first time in its 92-year history. Governor Jerry Brown called for a 25% reduction in uh, April, which yep. we talked about, I think, on the show. Rancho did. Santa Fe went up 9% in consumption since that, okay? So that, that gives you an idea what kind of people... They're just running showers, like, for, for no reason. Literally, in, just like, fuck it. In this article I read, they said that a lot of people upped their consumption to try to make the baseline level of, like, what they use higher. So when they... Res- yeah, so it, when it's reduced, they'll still have more. <laughs> yeah. Right. Genius. All right, so the median income oh in, this, in this area is $189,000. So we're talking about wealthy people. Yep. Phil Mickelson lives in this area... Okay. Let's not drag him into this. No, he has nothing to do with it, but I'm just saying. But it just gives you an idea. Okay. Listen to some of these quotes, because the quotes are funny, and then we can just move on, but it's just hilarious. This guy, Steve Yukas, retired resident. He was a retired, like, stockbroker. Okay. 
people quote should not should not be forced to live on property with brown lawns, golf on brown courses, or apologize for wanting their gardens to be beautiful. We pay significant property taxes based on where we live. And no, we're not all equal when it comes to water. <laughs> Jesus H. <laughs> I love it so much because he's just unapologetically like a total dickbag. Yeah, he's just a total asshole. He's like, no, my golf course needs to be green. I'm not putting on fucking. Uh, oh, my yeah. God. Well, I work hard my entire life to come up to a fucking brown lawn. Yeah, like get the fuck out. What of is here. this, North Korea? <laughs> yeah, this guy's infuriated. All right. I'm not chipping from a brown fairway. <laughs> yeah, right. You fucking dick. Oh, my God. It's so funny. All right. This these are my this might be my favorite quote in the world. Okay, of all time. All right. Gay Butler is the name of this person. She's a oh, woman named wonderful. Gay, Gay Butler. <laughs> Which you could only be rich to have to be named that. Yeah. Because or else you would just you would have a horrible life. Yeah, you would change it to like Charlotte Butler. Yeah. Not Gay not Butler. Not Gay Butler. Gay Butler, who is an interior designer and owner of, of a show horse, a show horse named Bear, which she was riding when she was interviewed. <laughs> so everything she's saying that I'm going to read this quote, she was on a goddamn show horse. They're following her around like with a boom <laughs> mic while she's riding her show horse. She doesn't have time to get off the goddamn show no, horse no. to do an interview. All right. Listen to this quote. Quote, I think we're being overly penalized and we're certainly being overly scrutinized by the world. It angers me because people aren't looking at the overall picture. What are we supposed to do? Just have dirt around our houses on four acres? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Your house on four acres. Yes. It's a. <sighs> she's angry. She's made angry by the suggestion that 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 they stop just have a, a dirt lawn. Yeah, while well, she's trotting around. Yeah, well, she's on her, her show horse, yeah. Bear. Well, what do you think, Bear's just he, his feet are going to get hurt if he's running on dirt and pebbles. No. This is the last quote. You quote. You could put twenty houses on my property, and they'd have families of at least four. In my house, there's only two of us. They'd be using a hell of a lot water than we're, more water than we're using. What does that even mean? I don't know. I don't know what her point is. Like because it's just the two of them. And if there was more people living there, they'd be wasting more water. So just leave us alone. Like, I don't understand. Nobody does. No. Nobody gets it. Bears like, oh, I don't get it. Yeah, he, no, he's shod. He's fine. That <laughs> means he has shoes on, by the way. Uh, so oh. he doesn't. Yeah, the horse is shod. He doesn't mind trotting around on dirt. It's not going to bother him. He's good. Little like wine trivia. Yep. Uh, all right. So anyway, so I just I just wanted to bring that up because it's like, wow, you can't. You can't write that. I nope. mean, that's ridiculous. Like when you talk about, oh, the super rich are ruining the country. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Gay Butler. They, they don't think that everyone kind of deserves water. <laughs> if I'm if I'm ever rich, I'm going to have a gay butler named Gay Butler. I think Like that's... in the movie Birdcage. The, have you ever seen that with <laughs> yeah, Robin yeah, Williams, yeah. With the butler that walks around without shoes on? Yeah. Well, Wonderful. that's uh, terrific. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so that again, that's not uh, super like crucial, but that's no, hilarious. I just yeah, wanted to bring it up. That's amazing. Last thing I wanted to bring up is a sad one, and it's like, it's frustrating, and I know you're going to jump on board with this as well. We're closing with a sad song? Um, No, I don't know. We could, we could just chit-chat a little bit at the end. Maybe we'll, right. uh, we'll leave it on an upswing. Um, Colorado Supreme Court. Uh, oh, yeah. It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. This is, involves medical marijuana. This guy, Brandon Coates, who's a quadriplegic, who I would assume probably doesn't have an easy life being quadriplegic. No. Uh, He was fired by Dish Network in 2010 for smoking weed at home and off duty. Uh, The Supreme Court has ruled that he was not protected under the state's, quote, lawful activity statute. Um, All right. 
he received, this guy, uh, Brandon Coates, received satisfactory performance reviews all three years he worked at Dish, never accused or suspected of being high at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was fired by them, and the Supreme Court said, yeah, that's, that makes sense, uh, even though his job performance didn't suffer at all. He has obviously a serious medical condition. He's 80% paralyzed. His spine is broken. He has seizures and shit. Oh, that's what he said. The connection can't be made, but his legs still work, which must be infuriating to him. So his legs can move if he has a seizure or something, oh my but God. he can't make his legs move. Jesus could you imagine? No. No, you can't fathom. Sp- no. 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 And then when you go home, you're like in pain or whatever. You just want to chill out. You smoke some weed and then you get fired from your job for that, even though it had nothing to do with your job performance. Goddamn quadruple. You're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's it's that's that. Uh, it's horrible. It yeah. makes no sense. This is just a quote from the Dish Network lawyer, lawyer Megan Martinez. He tested positive, had THC in his system. We're alleging, alleging that he was using THC at the workplace. The definition of use is in the Medical Marijuana Act. It's the employment. Uh, it's the employment of something. The long-standing possession of something. He smoked marijuana while at home, but he crossed the threshold to his office with THC, THC in his system. The use is the effects. It's the THC. It's the whole point of marijuana. So when he came to work, he was using. That's asinine. That that is. That is ridiculous. If he goes home and smokes weed at eight o'clock, ten o'clock, midnight, and wakes up at eight the next morning, he's not fucking high anymore. None of the effects of marijuana. No, it's it's unless he ate it, but he didn't. No, and it's so ridiculous that like that somebody could go home. Another another employee could go home, pound a fucking bottle of Jack Daniels, and wake up legitimately wake up still intoxicated the next morning and go to work, and there's no issue with that. No, what are they gonna do about it? They can't tell. Yeah, and again, this guy was never accused of being high at work and they swabbed his mouth that's how they did it and they obviously found thc yeah because he had fucking thc in his mouth so yeah doesn't mean he's high no the man's a guy he's a guy he's a quadriplegic like come the fuck on yeah it's legal in colorado yes like it's legal there it like 100 percent. not not only did this man have a medical card now it's 100 percent legal yeah how i don't know man yeah, I know. Like, well, because they're whatever. they're saying because it's federally illegal, like blah 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, fuck yeah. yourself. Yeah, fuck. Uh, just a little addendum to that: the U.S. legalization has not led to a rise in adolescent use. Nope, not at all. Uh, study in the journal Lancet, uh, in the journal Lancet Psychiatry, covered findings from twenty four years and a million adolescents. Uh, doesn't uh, legalization has not led to the rise in adolescent use, and use has dropped among eighth graders. It's actually gone down. Well, that's good in states that legalize it. All right, so that. That's what I got today. That one just really frustrates me because it's like, come on, man. Yeah, that's annoying. You know what the guys do, and so what? Yeah. Even even if if, say he did show up at work a little stoned, who cares? And he's doing it, and he's getting satisfactory reviews. Like he's doing his job well. Right. Let the man live. Uh, Like just let him do his thing. It's like he's. It's clearly like it's hard, and I don't want to go like down that road if it's hard enough for this guy, but. No, but it is. But hard it, but it is. Guy, the yeah. man's a goddamn quadriplegic. Like, let him like do his thing. He's obviously has a lot of issues, and if this, it's a medical thing. If this relieves some kind of pain or can somehow stop or prevent seizures at least for a little while, then yeah. let him do it. Of course, and beyond that, we're talking about mental health in this country. Yeah, this guy. You think it's not stressful to be this guy? You think when he goes home, he smokes a little weed, he relaxes. Oh, I'm watching TV. I he have listens, a laugh. Yeah, he listens to Mandatory Samson. The and Mandatory like, Samson podcast. Sure. And- yeah, I, c- come on, man. And that's a mental health thing for real. That's yeah, a mental health thing. of course it is. You think it's not wildly stressful? Like. 
and you say you even said, and this was my first thought. The guy smokes a little weed at eight o'clock and goes to bed. Think about even going to bed. Getting yeah. yourself into bed for this man yeah. is a challenge. Yes, this whole day is is a is a hassle. He's doing the right thing. He's going to work. He's trying to be involved. Yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna fuck this guy out of his money. Meanwhile, this has been going on since 2010. So now you're talking five years. I don't know if he's got another job, but you're talking lost wages, all this shit, Everything. lawyers, bills, and yeah. he loses. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. All right, so we don't. Okay, yeah, I'm out of stories, but I don't want to end on a sour note. You got anything else going on, Andy? Anything you want to talk about? I don't want to put you on the spot, but. You got uh, going on here. <laughs> I, so I did totally put so you, you on did the totally spot, put yeah. me on the spot. No, I, I mean, I, I think we covered everything well today. I mean, that's uh, that's a shitty story, but I'm sure we should actually look into it. Like, did he get another job? Is he, yeah, like, yeah, we fine? can do a little. We'll, update yeah, we'll do a little update next week. Um, well, why don't we talk about this? You, we were setting up the studio the other day. You had a, a song playing, yeah, all day, uh, which I love the song. My good friend Caroline has a tattoo of the name of the song on her wrist. Uh, what is the song that we're going to end the episode with? Because it's just you've been in love with it all week. Well, no, I've been in love with it for well, forever, like, my but, whole yeah. life. But we're going to end with uh, "Wild Horses" by the Rolling Stones because it's absolutely one of my favorite songs of all time, and. If you don't like it, you're a crazy person. It is like the absolute, I, I don't know. It's it's so it's so good. And just the background of it, it was recorded when they were at uh, Muscle Shoals, which is a great documentary. You should check it out on Netflix if you have it. Um, it's just, there's a very cool story behind it. Keith Richards wrote it. Mick Jagger sings it. And uh, it's just a beautiful song. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, it's great. When I came in, I was like, oh, listen. And then we were just singing it all day. Yeah. Because it just gets stuck in your head. Yeah, yeah it's a great it song. Um, all right, guys. Listen, I think that was a good episode. I think we kept it tight. I, I thought it was a good. We covered some good topics. Uh-huh. That was fun. Ah. Uh, <laughs> thank you once again to Edward Erickson of Stamp Stampede yeah, for man. joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. It was so cool to have you on the show. It Loved was exciting it. to do a phone interview for the first time, and we're very supportive of the cause. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting us. It is. Um, it's truly like exciting and fun to do the show. I love it. It is, man. Preparing for it. We, we get excited all week to do it. And it's really, uh, it's just really fun to sit here and do the show. And, and I, and to get support and feedback and see that we're actually like resonating with, yeah, people. resonating out there. It's, it's really, really amazing. So it it's is. Really it's cool. super exciting for us. And, uh, yeah, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, please continue to support us. Yeah. By visiting soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. You can follow us on there. Our subscriptions are going up. We really appreciate it. We do. Uh, do leave a comment on the SoundCloud. Uh, we will answer those, as always. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Uh, you can also go on DailyMotion.com slash Stand Up New York Labs. Uh, we live stream this show every Thursday around 4, 4.30. Depends on uh, if get a little late start or not. But you can check it out. Um, it, when you're on there, you, you can just search for Labs Live. Yep. Because we recorded Stand Up New York Labs, so it's Labs Live. That's the uh, live stream link for all the shows that we do, so it's very cool. Uh, and you can check out full episodes on there. The link is in the SoundCloud. When it, it goes up, I put the full episode link so you can check it out. Uh, you can also email us at mandatorysampson at gmail.com. You can go on Twitter. I'm at man Samp. The guy sitting across from me is at A underscore Lozy, L O Z Z I. And you can find us on all the other things Instagram, the same Snapchat. On all platforms, it's all the same. Yeah. I'm man Samp across all platforms, as I like to say. A Lozy across all platforms and have been getting crazy amounts of followers lately, by the way. Thanks, guys. That's, uh. that's been like, it's, it's so weird. Like, like a lot on Twitter, on Instagram, right. everywhere. It's great. It's very cool. Um, Guys, listen, I got a question for you. I, I don't know. Is this what they call a teaser in the radio biz? Will Joey Noe return to the program next week? Only time will tell.
tune in and find out. Until then, we love you. Enjoy the sounds of the Rolling Stones' wild horses and go in peace to love and serve the Lord. (laughs) 